Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Russ brings us a sermon called God's Peace With Us Always. It explores how Joseph lived a life of holy interruption and comes from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I don't know if you caught at the beginning of the service what happened up here. What happened up here when we went to light the Advent candles and they didn't light at first? I thought, that's it. That's the metaphor. That's what we should start probably with today. (laughs) This, This Sunday we're talking about peace. Peace is a big deal in church, right? When we're interacting with one another, we pass the peace. When at the end of the service, we say, go in peace. At Christmas time, we celebrate the Prince of Peace. We have four candles. One of them is the peace candle. So the question is, where is peace today? Sometimes, sometimes despite the very best intentions, it sputters, kind of like a candle that won't start. How is it for you today? Is it, is it shining bright in you? Is there a sense of peace about you this day? Or, or maybe it's just a non-starter and you're beginning to wonder, why do we keep talking about peace when it just doesn't seem to exist that much? Now granted, sometimes it just descends on us, right? There are those experiences when peace just sort of like, you know, the snow here in December, when it comes, it comes down and you walk out and there's just this sense of calm and peace and it's wonderful. You don't have to do anything. You don't need a sermon about that kind of peace. But even that kind of peace is only temporary, right? Because I, I'll bet within 15 minutes of going out, looking at it, standing at your window, the next thing you're just going, Ooh, who's going to shovel that sidewalk? And oh gosh, about the ice and about the ice on the windows and then we better get started earlier because of all the, the traffic. Peace melts away pretty quickly, too. This morning, I want to talk about finding peace when peace is nowhere to be found. Now, that, that's something we need, we need to lean in on. That's something that bears our attention. And I'm going to use the example of Joseph. Because in the story of Joseph, there are some some lessons about peace, that peace is maybe not, maybe not where you're going, you, it's not what you think. Where you're going to find peace is not necessarily where you think you will. That's, that's the legacy of Joseph. Joseph was a righteous man, which is the Bible's way of saying he was a really good guy. He was a decent guy. He was a stand-up kind of guy. In other words, all the stuff that happens to Joseph is not because he somehow deserved it. This was not cosmic karma coming to Joseph. Joseph was a good guy. And yet, and yet in the midst of all that being a good guy, his life was in turmoil. He was a carpenter in an occupied country occupied by Romans who were constantly doing building projects and, and using the builders, the, the, the carpenters, the masons, the, 
to use all their projects. His, his whole life was being dictated by people outside of him, where to go, what to do, how to do that. He had very little freedom. And if that's not enough, his life just fell apart. All he wanted to do was get married for crying out loud. And then he finds out that his fiance is with child, it's pregnant. And it's devastating. And he has a choice to make. This was a big deal back then. This was a big deal and his choice seemed to be between two things. One is to call Mary out, which would be the legal thing, the right thing, the prescribed thing to do. And then she would be shamed at best and at worst could be stoned, thrown out of the village, but that would have been the right thing to do. But Joseph is kind of a stand-up guy. He's a good guy and he says, I don't want to do that. So he's got a choice to make and we're told that what he decided to do was not to humiliate her, just to quietly call off the engagement and get on with his life and look for some peace. Most of the time we think of peace as trying to eliminate those things that cause turmoil, those things that cause chaos, those things that just irritate. And we try to arrange the, the circumstances of our life, don't we? To somehow eliminate those things that are always causing problems or the things that are going to cause more stress. That's typically how we go about looking for peace. That's what we normally do. That's what Joseph normally does. I'll bet that's what you and I do. I want you to stop and just think for a moment. How would you fill, fill out this sentence? If only blank would stop, if only this thing, this person, this issue would go away, then, then I'd be at peace. Have you got that thing? Because that thing is the thing that probably takes a lot of your energy, a lot of your mental anguish, a lot of your e efforts to somehow get rid of and manage, maybe try to control, how's that going, and somehow get rid of it. Because if we could get rid of the outward circumstances that are causing the turmoil, then, then we could have peace. But the problem, of course, is that when, the out, when our focus is on the outward circumstances, all our focus is on the obstacle itself. And then that obstacle oftentimes becomes the enemy. This is the thing that's causing me problems. This is the thing that's giving me anxiety. This is the thing that's keeping me up at night. This is the person who's causing me grief. It is easy for those things that get in the way, as we see it, of where we want to be, those obstacles then to become enemies. And Mary had become a potential enemy. Mary had become a potential enemy. Mary and her pregnancy had become the obstacle. It was the threat to his reputation. It was the threat to his well-being. It was the threat to his name. It was the threat to his whole professional and standing in the community. This was, this was going to be a source of shame for Joseph. Mary had become the obstacle. This pregnancy had become the obstacle. And now how do we deal with this? Joseph's whole life feels like it's been interrupted from what somebody would choose. And now this 
So what would he do? Well, he has a dream. And in the midst of deciding what he's going to do, I'm just going to eliminate this, this issue. I'm going to do it quietly. I don't need to make a big deal of it, but I'm just going to push it aside. He gets a dream, and he's told Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid. Because isn't that at the core of most of our anxiety? Isn't that at the core of most of, of our irritation? Isn't that at the core of how we face the obstacles of our life? It's, it's kind of, we're just afraid. We're afraid this is going to undo us. We're afraid that our life is going to become too unmanageable. We're going to have zero control. So the biggest obstacle at the, at the core of it all is fear. And the angel says, no, no, don't. You've chosen door number one, door number two. I'm telling you door number three. Stay right where you are. Go ahead and marry Mary. Take her as your wife. Raise this son as your child. Because this is a special child. And you have no way of knowing whether this is going to be true or not. They call him Emmanuel. Because that name is going to signify the great truth. God is with us. Here's what Joseph could tell us about peace, is that peace has less to do with the outward circumstances of our life and more about the inward orientation. We, we kind of know that, don't we? I mean, we kind of know that when we, we look at people who seem their outward circumstances seem to be amazing. They've hit the lottery. They have all the things that you and I kind of wish they, we did. We, they can eliminate all the obstacles. They got the control over everything. And they're absolutely miserable, some of them. So it can't just be outward circumstances, can it? On the other hand, we know people whose lives are falling apart. We know people whose lives are in great turmoil and great chaos and there's great suffering and yet somehow some of these people also have this incredible inner strength, this inner orientation, this inner peace that's unshakable. So if we're looking for peace, if we're going to talk about peace, if we're going to try to build peace into our life, if we're going to give peace a chance in our world, maybe the first thing we do is just note, just note that it's not so much about the outward circumstances, maybe that's not our focus first and foremost, but the inner orientation around the presence of God. I am with you. We come looking for peace, and what the message comes back is, I'm with you. We get presence. We look for the absence of obstacles, and God offers presence. I'm with you. I'm with you. Joseph's outward circumstances didn't change, right? In fact, it got more complicated. It's not that the Romans went away. It's not that the sun came out and the rainbows came out. It's not that everything worked out well. His life got more tumultuous. He's got this wife, and behind the scenes, people are whispering, and maybe not so quietly whispering, and maybe not so behind the scenes. There's suspicion. His life just got more complicated. 
Because people are who people are. You know there's going to be rumors. You know there's going to be people snickering behind Joseph's back of what kind of fool he is. Things didn't get easier. The outward circumstances did not get easier for Joseph. And they don't often get easier for us either. Because what's really missing is the awareness of God's presence. It's the recognition of God's presence in the midst of the outward storms that brings inward calm, or at least it can. There is that saying that, that God's presence is already here. What's missing is awareness. And I think that holds up here because Jesus is not the introduction of God being with us. Jesus came to reveal that God is with us, beginning with Joseph and beginning with Mary. We don't have to go and pursue peace as much as start to become aware of the presence of God who's already with us. And when we find that place, that's a very different place. And it's a new place to start. And it's a new strength. And it's the source of peace. That's where we start. But that's not where we stop. Because this isn't about just somehow withdrawing from life. That's not what this is about. That's not what the Bible talks about. What the Bible talks about is begin with your inside. Because when the inside, when, when there is change on the inside of you, things begin to change around you. When things change inside us, things can begin to change around us because there is that power of somebody who's coming from a place of peace, not anxiety, not, not fretting, and to, to actually come. And whether it has to do with the latest tests that come back for the, the medical tests or the bad news of an economy or a job that's lost or the alienation in family or, or what's going on at the latest headline that we see going on in our country or our world. It's not that the outer circumstances change, but something on the inside changes. And when, and when we have someone who comes from that place, things can begin to change, at least they're supposed to. Starting with Joseph. Joseph took door number three, the hardest door. The door that seemed to provide nothing close to peace. More anxiety, more grief, more suffering, more sorrow. More misunderstanding, less sense of well-being. He chose that one because coming from a place of peace, an inner calm, because at the core, at the core is this assurance. God is with me. I can do this. I will do this. Some have called Joseph, as a result of this, the first New Testament man. He's the first one who's been affected by the gospel. He's the first one who is affected by the presence of Christ in such a way that he operates not from legalism, but from grace. More than that, he's, he's the person who, in response to the presence of Christ, finds ways to empty himself out that others might be filled. He gives himself away that others might be might find themselves being made complete. He may be that first New Testament man, but he's not the last. 
He's the first who perhaps comes to the realization that the thing that I thought was the obstacle to my peace and well-being is not my enemy. That obstacle is, is just an obstacle. And as I am present there, rather than running from it, that rather than destroying it, I could be present in the midst of it. And maybe, maybe something will change. The most extreme example I've ever seen of that one is, is a movie. It's a, a real-life history event. Uh, we've shared it here before. It is the, the, the truce that took place in 1914, the Christmas truce. It almost defies imagination, and if there weren't pictures like this, we wouldn't believe it. Even with pictures like this, people in 1914 and 1915 couldn't believe it. The war, World War I, the war that was to end all wars, was taking place. It was about five months old. It was already going longer than anybody anticipated. And on, on the front with the French, the British, the Germans, it is a standoff. We know it is, it is a scene later on of horrific trench warfare. But on this night, this first Christmas Eve, something began to happen. What began to happen was they began to see themselves, these literal enemies of one another, in a different way. There is something about presence that starts to descend like snow on this Christmas Eve as people begin to sing Christmas carols, first in one trench and then in the other and then over here, and then sometimes joining together, something began to emerge. And it's this piece that somehow, somehow, something else is going on here, that on this night that we celebrate that God is with us, we have a different place from which to come. And we get to maybe move from sheer hostility and suspicion to a place where peace might break out. That's what's happening in this first couple minute clip and I'd like you just to watch what's going on and watch the faces as they move from suspicion and fear, as they move from that to there's a sense of awareness that's coming upon and maybe wonder that something else, something else is afoot. Something else that has their name on it. J'aime pas bien ça dans les yeux C'est peut-être une diversion vu la salle coup, non
Something got these men out of their trenches. This is from the movie Joy in the Well, um, and so it's a, dram dramatiz a dramatization. But it's not too far off from the reports of what happened as people began to start to come out of their trenches. These mortal enemies, the people who had just been shooting at each other and hating one another and seeing them only as an enemy, only as an obstacle to the thing that they wanted, to the, to the thing that was going to bring peace. These are the people who have to be eliminated. To now somebody that we can share Christmas Eve with, we can share a deeper reality that God is with us. And if God is with us, if that begins to happen on the inside, then maybe that can start to bring some changes on the outside. So that even no man's land can start to become common ground, the meeting place. There was, of course, a decision, and it was just up and down. It was informal. This wasn't high-level stuff. This was area to area of some ceasefires. And then, and then what happens miraculously out of this, this spontaneous, is even the implements of war start to become implements of festivity, things that were meant to deter and to kill and destroy the enemy now become the means by which we get to meet and celebrate and create peace. This next couple minutes is, is a few minutes into the movie and just showing what happens when peace descends, but more than that, peace begins to emerge out of the sense that God is with us. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Frohe Weihnachten. Frohe Neuen. Welcher Idiot ist denn auf die...
it? It didn't happen everywhere, but it did happen in some places. In some places, the meetings took place on just Christmas Day. Some places it lasted longer. In some places, as they were taking pictures with one another, and again, nobody would believe this until these kind of pictures came when soldiers from various countries are there just standing together, sharing together with no animosity. And it becomes almost unbelievable how this could happen. For some, it did, there was no more shooting until after the first of the year, and then in some places, even a couple more days. And the stories are that the higher-ups were none too pleased for all the reasons that higher-ups wouldn't. And they found that in some places, it was really hard to shoot people that you had been sharing time and common ground with. And so some troops had to be moved to a whole different location because there was just no energy and no enthusiasm. There was something that took place when something changes inside you, things begin to change around you. And it's not easy, but it did happen and it still does. I know, I know this is naive. I know that it's, it's, the fighting came back and you know, 15 million lives later, the war to end all wars ended. But of course, that wasn't the war to end all wars. And it was pretty much a chance just to stop and reload, as it turned out, for World War II. And then the bloodiest century in human history, the 20th century, the century where there has never been more affluence, there has never been more abundance, there has never been more reason for people to find all the things that they need, and yet, and yet because we keep insisting that the obstacle to my peace is outward, it is these obstacles, it is these people, it is these issues, and that I am best served by making them an enemy, and somehow I need to destroy these people as enemies, and then I will find peace. How is that working for us? And has it stopped in the 21st? When we celebrate the birthday of the Prince of Peace, when the announcement of him is that he is the savior of the world, we, we do such a disservice to that phrase and to that, that idea when we confine it to just what we do in church. That what Jesus came to do, and the whole presence of God has come to save the world, to give the world a different way of living, a different way of being, beginning with the great truth that God is with us. And if we can, we, if we can locate that truth, if we can understand that that presence is already here, and the real job now is to make ourselves aware that changes, that changes so much of who we are and who we can be. We ask God for peace as we should. But the answer we often get back is that God is already here and that God is with us. And if we're going to give peace a chance, then we had better start doing some of the work of peace, which is becoming aware and locating ourselves, reorienting ourselves on the inside so that things can begin to look different on the outside. When we talk about prayer, when we talk about devotionals, that's one way. But the other way, the other way of doing that is right here at this table. 
Because is this not the table that represents the great alienation between God and humanity that, that has somehow been put together? That even this table now becomes the common table between God and humanity and therefore between brother to brother, sister to sister, one to another. This becomes the meeting ground. This becomes the common ground for who we are. This place of brokenness. Now, now can become the place of healing. This place of alienation can now become the occasion for reconciliation. And it all begins, it all begins with the awareness that God is with us and inviting us to affirm that one more time. It all starts here. Would you join me in prayer? Forgive the narrowness of mind and spirit and vision, O oh God, that somehow imagines that your great gift of peace is small and narrow and only for us, and not a gift that you are trying to give through us to this world. As we come to the table today, O oh God, as we come to this table, help us to see afresh Help us to become aware of what has always been here, your presence, and may it become so new and so fresh that we, we become fresh. We become new. Through Christ, God with us, Savior of the world. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.